Welcome on in, everybody. This is uh, Dean from Bartolo. My name is June Lee. This is uh, this is an episode that I've wanted to do for a while. Is just talking about the new Star Wars movie today. Uh, onto the show, I brought up my friend, uh, my friend from school, Ruthie Wiseman, to to talk about Star Wars. You waving on Skype isn't going to translate audio. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna, we're going to talk about Star Wars and the new movie. And uh, I've wanted to vent all of this information out, or kind of just vomit all of it out on some sort of platform with all the rest of the Star Wars interve- information and, on the internet. <laughs> and I haven't. I didn't want to do it on Twitter because I don't want to involuntarily spoil the movie for somebody on there. But at this point, we're like three weeks into the release cycle, and if you haven't seen it, you probably aren't going to see it. So this is the podcast where I will vomit out all the information that is on my mind because I, my Twitter feed at this point has kind of devolved into baseball and sports and Star Wars, mostly Star Wars at this point, uh, and uh, I thought I should get all that information out there so it, it it actually becomes more relevant to what people follow me for. Oh, that that was an icky sentence. Anyways, um, so Star Wars, uh, I saw it on opening night. Um, and that was a, it was a pretty great experience. I went with my sister to downtown Boston and we saw it in the big IMAX 3d theater. Um, it was the first time going there. And I remember when the, uh, I'm a, I'm, I was a big star Wars fan growing up. So I saw the, the star Wars logo pop up in the scroll and, uh, there may have may or may or not have been tears coming to my eyes a little bit. Um, I know that experience was a little bit different for Ruthie though. Yeah, I don't think I was quite that emotional with it. Um, I saw it with my younger brother about three days after it came out. And our theater, I'm from New York, not the city, the state. Um, and our theater has these big reclining, like, lazy boy, giant lazy boy seats that you can very easily fall asleep in. So you're all like, pretty much horizontal. And um, the only time we could go was 3D. And 3D just, like, makes me sick and gives me a headache. So, and we were sort of in the side of the theater. So the whole time I was kind of squinting to see what was going on in the theater. So maybe that will explain some of my impressions on the show that you don't agree with. But um, I had a hard time watching it, but of course loved it in the end overall. And um, I kept turning to my brother during the show and because he'd already seen it. He went on opening day and he was seeing it again with me and asking him when the force was going to awaken. Cause I thought it, I thought it took too long, frankly. <laughs> kept like sort of tapping my wrist, like what? Like, give me some lightsabers here. Come on. Um, uh, well, after after sort of processing it, overall, I liked it. Uh, what were your some what, what were some of the first impressions you had coming out? Yeah, so that was my initial one was that it took too long for sort of Jedi things to start happening, but. But which makes sense though, because you have to introduce this whole new cast of characters and all their backgrounds. Um, and just my initial thoughts walking out were like, "Holy cow! Adam Driver looks like Snape's son." And <laughs> <laughs> he's got a very angular head, and it was yes. like it was particularly noticeable because he's really pale, and everything behind him was black. So you saw like his face, his just like a lot of weird angles, just like combining to form his head. I mean, I recognize the actor from the TV show Girls, but he was a very different character on that show. So he's very, uh, he's very like, he's got layers of evil almost. He reminded me of the scene. He never talked about jizzing on on, uh, Lena Dunham in Star Wars, surprisingly. No, I was waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was reminding Shrek where he's like, 
Shrek is explaining to Donkey that ogres are like onions. <laughs> like, very layered. Because his character has a lot of, um, sort of... Uh, Angst? ...thought going on that we didn't get with, like, Darth Vader as much. I yeah. feel like. Because I feel like with Vader, you didn't, like, you didn't really get a sense of his evil and his character until Empire. When you find out that he's, like, he's Luke's dad. Uh, but with with Kylo Ren... He was personally my favorite part of the movie, and you—he's sort of a kid, like he's still he's super young. angsty, and he's super moody, and they used they utilized that in such an interesting way. Like they they played it off as comedy sometimes, like him destroying the panel and the and his ship or whatever. Like they played that off as comedy with the stormtroopers coming down the hallway, but it's super interesting to see somebody who's so powerful with the force, but he's com- he's clearly not able to control it. And he's not able to control his anger and his emotions at all, one way or yeah. the other. It's like puberty. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, we were talking about on the way home, so we always have sort of a movie discussion on the way home, and we were talking a lot about what it would be like if the movie was from the perspective of, like, um, the dark side was the light side and they were sort of trying to crush the rebellion. If the audience was on the side of Kylo Ren because you could sort of shoot it that way too. You right, could be like, yeah. Don't let him get pulled into the light. Like, and so we were thinking that would have been a lot more comical. Because I think the way that I remember reading something and it was about how JJ pitched Kylo Ren as a character to Adam driver when they were going through casting and they were talking, they were talking about a lot about the perspective of evil and what exactly is evil from uh, an evil person's perspective. Cause nobody at the end of the day thinks they're doing something evil they're doing what they think is best for themselves or best for whatever cause they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I I think we had this conversation at one point about um, like Anakin Skywalker and whether he thought he was doing the right thing, becoming Darth Vader. Right. Cause he thought that he thought in revenge of the Sith that he was trying to save Padme and that was the best for him and the galaxy or whatever. And obviously he's an idiot and um, everything that happened. um, But I mean, it, it was just I, th- I thought Adam Driver was my personal favorite um, actor in the movie because his his character had so many layers to it, and a lot of people can find that annoying. He's super angsty, and he's kind of a little whiny. Uh, but there, I it was he was a he was an actor that I thought was it was a very inspired choice, and I thought that Driver could have made a very good Anakin Skywalker in the in the prequel trilogy. Um, he was not Hayden Christensen. He was, he was not playing this Hayden Christensen thing where, you know, Hayden Christensen was super wooden and had very little emotion as Anakin. Um, and Kylo, you needed, if you missed on Kylo, the, this, this, trilo- this new trilogy is just going to flop. Um, I think because he, he's kind of the, the pivot point of everything happening. He's the, he's the starting point of all, of, he's the starting point of everything happening, really. He's the starting point, he's the reason why the Force awakens at the end of the day. <laughs> I thought I also thought it was kind of unique that um so he's fairly young I think younger than we sort of think of Darth Vader or any of the other Sith really a lot of them were kind of old and he's sort of like their age and sort of a different fight it's a less of a David and Goliath kind of fight I liked that but I don't know people might criticize that Yeah I I mean I just I really liked Kylo and I thought just his whole outfit and everything was just so it was very emblematic of who he wants to be. And he was, 
I thought it was really funny to see the relationship dynamic between Kylo and General Hux when they were talking to Snoke and how they both seemed like two little whiny brats talking to their dad, like want, like asking for something in the toy store uh, and they just weren't getting it. And they were just like, Dad, like, why aren't you giving it to me? Uh, but I, that, I mean, that's what... That's a messed up childhood right there. <laughs> I mean, there's so, there's so much messed up with Kylo. Um so we'll talk. We'll talk more about them later. But what do you, what did you think of Ray and and Finn and and the rest of the the trio, the new trio? Well, okay. So I think I am joining the rest of the world in the mass consensus that we all like Ray. I have. It's impossible not anybody, to like Ray. I, I haven't heard anybody who was like, "Damn, what the heck is she doing in this movie?" Because she was awesome and obviously has some stuff that we get to figure out about her later. Um, the one, I, what I think is unique to the Star Wars movies and particularly this movie, like especially this movie, um, was that they're not really explicit with information. Like most movies have, you know, tell you things outright and make things very clear. But there were a lot of things that you had to look for in background info or, or info or like actual other background info on or the books, Internet that they didn't say. Or books or comic books or a whole variety of things. Yeah, there's there's some layers to this that are not explicitly in the movie. So like, I think, I think you really need to see it twice. I th- I wish I had gone a second time. I know my brother went a bunch of times and said, you picked up more and more about what was going on. Cause the first time in the very beginning, I was not understanding the stormtrooper thing. Like, at all why he was leaving the storm i wasn't getting it at all it was because it's a little disconcerting just to be like thrown into that and seeing the stormtrooper just act completely irregular yeah for sure and in my mind like the stormtroopers you know i know there was some confusion about like aren't they all clones of the original one why is why are they different now and i had to go back and find the information on the internet about that so i think there's definitely like you have to commit to understanding the film you can't it's like when people go to Harry Potter films and are haven't read the books and are asking what's going on, and you're like, "Leave, please, leave, please." Oh. You have to just you have to like really commit to understanding the Star Wars trilogies. <laughs> so, so something that I thought was a weird criticism of Rey uh, was that she learned the Force. Rey is the person who the who within whom the Force awakens, and it was really weird to see the criticism of how did she become this super powerful person out of nowhere. And I don't, I don't think it's necessary. We don't know Ray's backstory, so we don't yeah. know what if we she had some ha- speculation about right. that on so the car ride home. So there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation as to what Ray's background is and how she learned the Force so quickly. There's a very good chance that she was part. Of, like the, one of the theories that are floating on the internet is that Ray was part of the original Dread Jedi Academy that Luke was having, and then Luke dropped uh, dropped her off on Jakku with uh, Loris and Tekka. Uh, and he got he he force wiped Ray's memory, and so that's why she d- like doesn't remember who Luke Skywalker is and thinks she uh, he's a myth. Uh, we don't we really don't know, uh, but it's it's super clear uh, from the, from just everything that happens within the movie that Ray's going to be the most powerful force user ever. Yeah, and I think it's also pretty clear that she's somehow um, either related or has some very clear backstory with the previous trilogy's characters. I think, like, just the whole, mon- like, could immediately fly the Millennium Falcon, Falcon thing. Which and is something just, that Luke Luke was a really good pilot, Anakin was a really good pilot. And I think that, and it seemed to me, this was the impression that I got, was at the end when, um, when 
Leia sort of sends Ray to go find Luke. Uh, it seemed like Leia sort of like had already already known who she was or like was sort of already cool with her like hugs her and is like may the force be with you it's like do you know each other did you know her before like do you know did someone fill you in on who she is like there i don't know to me that seemed like you have a pretty familiar relationship for like you just met her that that was the first time they met she got off the ship and they immediately hug like i don't think i've ever done that with a stranger yeah so my initial thought was like ooh, maybe she and kylo ren are twins and so I'm trying to figure that out in my head. Like, I've heard, um, like, we're somehow, like, descended from Kenobi. So I've heard a lot of different things. And people are playing with, like, how she fits into the family tree that I mean, we've the, got going the on the prevailing here. theory at this point is that Luke is – that she's Luke's daughter. And there's a lot of things throughout the movie that hint at that. And I, for, there's a part of me that w- that hopes that that's not true because it's just so obvious. But the thing is – the obvious thing is not always the worst. It's it, like if it's the obvious thing, it's like oh okay, like it makes sense. If they try to stretch it into this whole elaborate backstory of where like you don't know who Ray's parents are or or something of the sort, or there's a very interesting th- uh, theory out there that she's a Kenobi, uh, which I would personally love because Obi Wan Kenobi is my all time favorite Star Wars character. Ditto. Um, the the old bit, the old Louis C.K. bit on Ewan McGregor, like completely true for me too. <laughs> what a beautiful human being. Uh, but uh. But it, Ray Ray's such an interesting character, uh, and it, it was uh, really interesting for me to see uh, how they set her up, not necessarily to be the next Luke Skywalker, because I think I think Star Wars is a movie about families and it's a movie about the Skywalker family. But I want to. A lot of people are, are drawing parallels and comparisons with the Force Awakens and the New and a New Hope. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really interested to see how they're able to create Ray's character and branch her off of the loose Skywalker path and see where she goes. Uh, so and there was uh, there was an interesting thing that we can talk about later, but um, uh, about how when she was fighting Kylo Ren uh, on Starkiller Base, uh, and she had Kylo Ren on the ground, like he she theoretically could have just snapped off his head there with the lightsaber. Um, but she remembered that she was she, the the cliff that separates them uh, on Starkiller Base was also a metaphorical cliff in the script about her edging the dark side, which I thought was super interesting. Hmm. Um, and so I I'm very interested to see how they're able to develop Ray's character moving forward and and delve her and diverge her off of the she's Luke Skywalker 2.0. I thought it was pretty clear from the beginning that she was. She's clearly the hero of this trilogy. Um, just from like a background perspective, I think all three of the I think Anakin in the um, sort of prequel trilogies, and I think Luke. She definitely has this sort of parentness thing, orphanless, like don't know where my family is, or like some tragic, you know, taken from my family very young, or lost my family very young, or I don't know who my family is. This sort of like young tragic family parentlessness theme that's going on i think it identified her really quickly really clearly as the hero and it was really it was i remember i asked my sister and uh what she thought of ray coming out of the movie because this was this 2015 was kind of the the year of the superhero feminist like the feminist i was just about to go there i was like as a modern day woman i really appreciate 
that they're pushing the female hero like, here. Like looking at looking at uh, Furiosa and Mad Max Fury Road, like Ray is continuing that powerful female theme within move in big box cinema today, which I think was super interesting. It was really cool to talk to my sister about what she thought of Ray. And she was like, Ray, like she, this is not, you know, quoted for a band because my sister is in middle school, but like in essence, it was like Ray's a badass. Like what, like a, what an awesome character and awesome to see her uh, be such a powerful character from the get go, which is just not something that would have happened in star Wars. Like at the, at the, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the original prequel trilogy leia really didn't do that much like she shot a she shot a laser gun a couple times and she danced around in golden bikini and that was about it she was a powerful general but she didn't really do that much uh and so to see ray being a badass from the beginning and it was really cool to see when uh the tie fighters were coming in and finn tried to hold her hand she was like what what the like what the fuck are you doing like don't hold my hand uh yeah see i appreciated that because um in the sort of prequel three princess leia gets uh or not princess leia um padme gets a little distracted by anakin a little kind of messes up her she, life a little she bit she devolves into just like a sitting blob <laughs> pregnant blob by i was trying to put it nicely but that's what it is though <laughs> and and leia serves as sort of a romantic uh distraction also at least partly in the original ones and i'm kind of hoping she doesn't devolve into the like sort of love side of love interest side of the star Wars. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they like kind of set up a potential romantic thing with Finn. Um, but that's clearly not her main thing, not her main purpose in the movie, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was super, can we just talk about for a second, like the names of the characters? Yeah. Cause I'd like some two syllable names in the future. <laughs> I mean, Leia's two syllable. Everyone has, yeah, but like in the the new characters, right? It's Poe, Ray, Ky- Finn, well, Kylo, Maz. Kylo's two syllables. Literally, the only like okay, Snow is one like Phasma. Okay, so we've got like one or two that count as that are two syllables. Like, let's go with some more diversity. I don't know. That's not an actual in, complaint because more, it's more a diversity thing to in the syllable about, count. But, yeah, I'm a big. Um, proponent of multiple syllables uh what what did you think of finn i hate to divulge from general opinion but i don't think he he wasn't one of my favorite characters i wouldn't go as so far as to say he was my least favorite character but the like stormtrooper gone rogue angle it's like i don't know a little stale for me what about you no why why do you think that though um i guess it just seemed unrealistic in my mind stormtroopers aren't um, not I don't want to say that they're not human because they are, but that they don't have sort of the human qualities and sort of the human capacity to um, feel. Clearly, this is not true from Finn because I wouldn't argue that he's inhumane, but I think of stormtroopers as clones and who don't think for themselves and just do as they're told. And so the it seemed a little far-fetched in the beginning and you're like, what's going on really? And then he just takes this like really obvious name from his number. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of him and he was seemed a little obsessed with Ray right from the beginning. So, <laughs> um, all right, go ahead. Argue. <laughs> uh, also like I liked Finn a lot. Uh, I'm a, pr- I'm particularly a big fan of John Boyega. I think he's a absolute. Super- oh, as an actor. Yeah. He, he's got a, he's got a charisma that I think that 
uh, only Oscar Isaac can kind of compete with in the in the new cast. Like he's got a he's got a star quality to him. There was a scene that I thought was particularly like this is a movie star kind of thing where him and him and Han are talking and Han like is is like nodding his head towards the window and Finn's just like what are you nodding your head at? What are you nodding your head at? Like what what does this mean? What does this mean? And he's like nodding his head at Han Solo and it was super funny. It's, and it, it clearly it felt like it felt like a very natural thing, and that's something that only a few people can do. Um, I, I think I was just sort of pissed that he got to pick up his lightsaber and fight at the end. You're like, who like who gave you the authority to do this? Not that he clearly he's defending people, but it, like either he, he's clear or it's not made clear that he has the force and usually you train for a while for lightsaber yeah same and usually you train for a while for like the propensity to use a lightsaber well and granted he goes down in like 30 seconds but i was a little annoyed by that i was okay with ray fighting with the lightsaber but i mean for me it was really just cool to see non-white people yielding the lightsaber yes for Uh, sure yeah and that that was really really cool. Um, in general, on Finn though, it was uh, I so I thought the stormtrooper line storyline was fine. It was not necessarily the I mean we're kind of nitpicking at this point, but like it was not necessarily the most believable storyline. But it was interesting to see them create stormtroopers that have distinct personalities. To yeah, a certain extent. I didn't hate it. I had trouble with it. So um, maybe I'll watch it a couple more times and let it sink in but finn is i and i hate like drawing parallels to the old movies oh uh, but, i love but, it <laughs> it's just, i mean it's just naturally gonna happen but he's gonna be the new han solo like he's he's got the 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 bombastic personality and the, the rebel thing going on <laughs> right and he's got the leather jacket now and it's just uh it's clear that he's just kind of like I feel like him getting slashed out the back is is kind of a semi equivalent to Han Solo being in Kryptonite in a less iconic kind of way, but it's kind of like that. Um, generally, I thought I mean I I was super enthused by his loyalty and how strong his loyalty was to protecting Ray as a friend. Uh, and uh, in- I thought it was natural, just because. You just left everything you grew up with, and That's now true, these yeah. are the people—the only people that you're with—and clearly you care about saving them. So I thought it was—I mean, I would have been mad if he was like, "Yeah, bye, I'm done." Yeah, um, but he wasn't. So, like, I think there's a lot of things that they can potentially do with Finn, uh, and there's many different paths. They call him they can... Finnegan. Put more syllables on it, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 put him put him down different paths. Uh, he's, he, I think his story, his story has the most wiggle room. Um, cause you know where Ray is going at this point. Like, you know, she's going to train with Luke and she's going to be a badass Jedi. And you know that she's going to tiptoe the line of the dark side and the light side. Like that's, that's just naturally what's going to happen. Finn is kind of a wild card in what can happen. Um, and I'm excited to see how they use that. And, I, and I'm particularly enthused that John Boyega got this opportunity to really shine. He was in this movie in England called attack of the block where he's kind of this leader of this neighborhood gang and he's fighting off aliens and he's just an absolute magnet in that movie. He's just so charismatic and he's so in charge and it was awesome to see that come to a larger platform uh, and him being this I, a very cool stormtrooper. I'm really excited to see sort of 
things become explained. Um, like maybe there is going to tiptoe between the light and the dark side. Cause as far as I remember, there hasn't been a clear and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but there hasn't been a clear motivation for her to be on the dark side other than maybe losing her family. Um, but that hasn't been explained yet either. And also just sort of what happened since the last movie, as far as like Han and Leia go and maybe the childhood of Kylo. Cause I think that would provide a comedic layer to the film. <laughs> uh, I wanted to take a couple of seconds to drool over how amazing Oscar Isaac is. Well, I can do that at any time. Uh, <laughs> that dude is so charismatic and he's such a natural movie star. Um, He's just so good. He sets the tone perfectly for that movie. Um, the first scene where where he uh, where Kylo brings him in and he's like, "So, so do you talk first or do I talk first? How does this work?" Like that joke perfectly sets up the tone for the rest of the movie, and it's such an important critical scene for the for the movie. Uh, and Oscar Isaac just nails it. And yeah, I I wish there was a little bit more of him, but there's at the end of the day, I'm not sure there's like a ton of depth to Poe as a character like he's a very very good pilot uh and he's been good his whole life um and he grew up with with... we don't have enough I mean we don't have enough on him to really make um any sort of controversy or struggle with him because all we know is that he's you know he's part of the rebellion and he's clearly sort of a heroic fighter guy and he's very charismatic but he doesn't have any, any like flaws or struggles that we know about to this point that would make him somebody to watch yeah oscar isaac is just although he is incredibly attractive just from a purely observational point of view oscar (laughs) isaac is so handsome and he's just a very good actor too like he was he was one of the top up-and-coming movie stars for a while uh and now he's going to be in star wars the star wars franchise and he's going to be an x-men as the top villain and the next news in x mahina um my favorite Oscar Isaac movie is Inside Lewin Davis, and he's just—he basically just carries around a cat the whole movie, and is like a struggling folk singer. And he's—he's he's got this amazing beard, and he's just able to play like this lackadaisical character so perfectly. Uh, I'm At su- one point, I thought he was Luke Skywalker when he um, when they're sort of attacking Starkiller Base at the beginning, and before it's clear that it's not working. And he comes in and he's like hitting, you know, he's fighting and flying. And I, at one point I thought he was Luke Skywalker, like coming in for the attack and had to be corrected on that. I thought that was interesting uh, that I mixed that up. Um, so let's do power rankings uh, for characters. Uh, give me your your breakdown for the new for the new characters, the new main characters uh, in, in terms of your favorites. All right. Well, is it cliche to say that Ray would be my uh, my top one? Are we talking power, like series wise, like going to be powerful? Just or your favorite. I like, like them the best. Your your favorites. Okay, so Ray's definitely topping it with Kylo coming in at a close second. They flip flop depending on the scene in question or like the part of the movie in question, um, and then. I really liked Maz Kanata just because I think she looks cool and she seems she looks She looks like a shriveled up orange. We're going to agree to disagree. She <laughs> um, looks like a shriveled up orange. I thought sure, she was kind of, I just think she has a sort of cool air about her. <laughs> I thought she was just like a generally useless character. Like I thought she was funny and clearly, I mean, I think she has, there's got to be some reason why 
why is it explained why she gets to keep the lightsaber? No. Why she gets to sort of hoard it for a while? No. I think there was there was something that came out in one of the canon Star Wars books or something where she she's a user of the Force, like she can use the Force, but she chose not to train, and the Force led her to Luke's lightsaber in mm. in Sky City in Vespin. So something like that. Gotcha. All right. Um, and then I'm a big fan of Poe. I'm trying to think of other like power characters, and then I think Finn would come in last for me. Um, so for me, I would go Kylo number one. I really don't think it's close. I think he's just by far the most interesting character in the movie. Uh, oh, see, I would say Ray. The reason I say Ray is interesting is because there's clearly we know like an eighth of her story at this point. We know right. so little about her. Like I'm super fascinated by Kylo, uh, Kylo's backstory. Like, and it's super interesting to see. Like, okay, so we we have to talk about the scene. Like the scene, okay, is when Kylo, Kylo uh, caps Han Solo. I thought I thought they were gonna recreate the like I am your father line. <laughs> I was sort of waiting for it. I was like, okay, you're on a ledge. Like the so, parallelism in this movie is insane. Right. It's you'd it's, have to be. Stupid it's a lot. To miss it's a it. lot. You'd have to. You would just cannot miss the parallel. It's a lot. Uh, side note: Harrison Ford is amazing in this movie. Like he is amazing. Although I was, I don't want to say glad he died, but I think it was the right thing to do. Oh I yeah, think he, was, I think he had I to think, die. I think everybody expect. I mean, I think a lot of educated fans expected him going into die. Um, well, he had made a public statement that he had only committed to one movie yeah. and only wanted to do one movie. Um, so, but and, and you when you like you see Kylo walking out on that that bridge thing in in the base, and you know that Han Solo is going to die. Like you know he's just going to fall off somehow. Like it's just inevitable. Um, but seeing that interaction between Han Solo and Kylo Ren, like it just breaks your heart. It's just so emotional, and there's. The, the performance of Adam Driver and Harrison Ford in that scene was so powerful. And I think it's emotional because because Kylo is emotional. Like We never really got this depth um, in scenes with Darth Vader. was more of a yeah than a person at that point. And I think Adam Driver is more hu- more human and we can sort of look at him and go... Oh, I see what you're thinking and struggling Cause with. Because you see the mask and you hear the voice at the beginning, and then you see him take off the mask, and it's slightly disconcerting. It's a little weird. Yeah, you're like, oh, no, 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 you're, like, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> like, it feels a little out of place, which I, like, Adam Driver just, like, doesn't necessarily look like this evil, malicious dude, and I think that's why it works a lot, because I think you're supposed to get that feeling that this guy isn't 100% evil like he's yeah, do you th- do you think he'll be eventually in the movies like pulled from the dark side because clearly he's got some misgiving he's got about some da- his current he, and he's got some daddy issues too clearly. or grand try granddaddy issues <laughs> he's got a lot of issues just imagine imagine like being that kid's parent and having to deal with all of that emotional baggage that just comes with being a skywalker yeah and how it's such a complicated uh They've got such a funny Twitter account going. Oh, the emo Kylo Ren is... If you're not following that, you, you're you not living yet. Um, the Wookiee used all my Garnier fructus. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but but Kylo, that scene was so powerful because you 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 feel going in that hey Han Solo is gonna die, and then you think for maybe a millisecond that maybe Kylo's not gonna do it, and it's that like toying with the emotion that happens for that like fraction of a second before the lightsaber ignites that just like stabs at the heart and it's so emotionally resonant and then seeing han like place his hand on kylo ren's face before he falls into the abyss uh is just so powerful uh and and then seeing just seeing how much adam driver is able to portray this struggle with the character was so fascinating for me uh, and it was something that I wasn't necessarily expecting going in. The reaction in the theater, being in the theater when that happened, was interesting because everyone. It's one of those times where you're like, oh, has the accent. It's like, and especially when Chewie like sort of cries out after Han dies, and everyone's like, <gasps> and everyone has the same so reaction. I thought it was particularly interesting that like Kylo killed Han, and then he's unable to sense that Chewie's about to shoot at him. You know, and and the fact that he gets this wound is such is a really big part of Ray being able to defeat him at the end. At the end, um, for me, the most interesting part about Kylo's character was seeing when when he was faced up against Ray and Finn was him hitting his side where that wound I, was. Yeah, we were just we, at the we were driving home. We we're like, why was he? We, there was some debate as to why he was doing that. I think it's because he's tearing that edge between the light and the dark that he needs this pain and this anger from the wound in order to drive him to drive his dark side powers. It's a good thought. Yeah, I was confused by that part in the movie. Like, Can we talk for a second about his like unexplained ability now to use the force to extract information from people's minds? Right. That because was so- I'm sorry, I'm a big <laughs> Harry Potter person and you borrowed that. <laughs> And it doesn't seem like you're going to return it. <laughs> um, it'd be funny if Daniel Radcliffe just, like, drops in in the middle of a lightsaber scene next movie. No, I think it's Voldemort. Voldemort was the one that really mastered that specific but technique. Voldemort just drops in. and then He's it, looking for his nose in this it, galaxy. It, it turns out him and Snoke are, like, teaming up with their nose, with, the, like, their noseless clan or whatever. Snoke, I for ha- at least two thirds of the movie, I was like, "Is his name Smoke? Why would they name a character that?" <laughs> have you have you never watched Lost? No. Oh, there's the Black Smoke is a, is a major character. Okay. <laughs> um, I heard someone on the internet um, ask if he was really that big in like real life, and I just to that I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would make no sense. I don't think. Yeah, I think height is a usually a motif of power i'm 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 really interested to see what snoke ends up becoming um and whether or not like there was the we don't know almost we don't know very much about him so there's like there's a theory that he's dark plagueis who is darth sidious and palpatine's sith master and that he found a way to resurrect himself and and uh lived through the clone wars and everything and saw everything that happened but just wasn't involved in the uh in the darth sidious darth vader Darth Vader era. Um, that seems um, a little far-fetched to me. Just on the... Isn't there a general trend that there's always, like, a Sith Master and a Sith Apprentice, and there's only ever really two? Right. That's that's what Yoda So says. wouldn't that sort of negate that? Like, uh, you know, there's a rift and in the, the and, like, <laughs> and so Palpatine says that he killed Darth Plagueis, but there was also the idea that Plagueis can bring himself back to life and just wasn't doing anything while he was still recovering. 
hanging out in purgatory. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one. I think that I would be shocked to see them do that. Because he's, cl- I- he's clearly Force-sensitive because he, he says, I'm going to, like, let's complete Kylo's training. Like, he has to, he has to be Force-sensitive. Yeah. I, the only way I could see it being um, sort of a feasible and interesting plotline is that when Rey sort of officially becomes a Jedi, it would make sense that a Sith would also come back. Uh, just because they retreated, the original trilogy doesn't um, have it as much, but if you, like the prequel ones are very much Jedi versus Sith, and it would be interesting to like. I feel like if they brought her back as a Jedi, it would maybe make sense to also bring back a Sith, like maybe in the picture. Like, Kylo's not a Sith in this movie. He's 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 part of the no, Knights, I, he's part of the yeah, Knights of yeah. Ren. So I wonder if next movie, uh, whatever Ryan Johnson's cooking up, he makes Kylo a Sith a Sith Lord, like he becomes a a Sith Lord when he completes his training. That was another uh, thing that I thought of, and I also had to look up his... I had to look up a lot of the names afterward on the internet because you you don't get it as much from the movie. And also, I thought Kylo was his first name, and or was his title, and Ren was his first name. And I had it, to... It's the opposite. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about him? his real name being Ben in homage to Obi-Wan Kenobi's hermit name? I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I don't really it's, particularly it's, care. It's, I don't have a strong opinion. It's like on that. a Harry Potter name is kid Albus Sirius, and just like smushing names together just for the hell of it. Wasn't it Albus 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 no. Sirius Potter Potter, or was it Albus Severus Potter Potter? I think it's Albus Severus because he's named for the two uh, right. Best, the two best uh, headmasters of Hogwarts, but right. I digress. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't particularly like hate it. I don't have a strong opinion on it. Um, I never really liked. I I like Obi Wan much better than Ben. So I unpopular feel like, I, opinion. I think out I th- there. I think Obi Wan is by far the best part of the prequel trilogy, and I don't really. Think oh it's cl- yeah, it's not really close. I don't think. He's the only one that has any semblance of being a badass like <laughs> I, I also think he has one of the most interesting stories in the prequels like he has to deal with a his master dying like just just dying uh yeah and, and then he, he's got to take this kid who just doesn't get it <laughs> who's emotional and moody and kind of a dick sometimes and he yeah he's he, a wreck he doesn't listen to him the entire prequel and, trilogy and then they have like a brother they sometimes have a brotherly relationship and a father-son relationship and then he he's betrayed by him. Like I think that's the most fascinating arc of the whole prequel trilogy. Uh, Anakin's just so annoying. I hate Anakin in the prequel trilogy so much. Yeah, especially the second one in the prequel where the focus is on him and Padme, and you're just like, oh Ugh, my god, it's the worst. Like if <laughs> the I, dialogue is so, the dialogue between them, you're like, really? <laughs> it's just so bad. Like if I had, if I like, I really want to try this at some point. On a date, trying that sand, the sand pickup line that he uses with Padme on you Naboo. Could, you could easily try that on Tinder. I, oh, I definitely could. I definitely could. And see, it and, would be less obvious through like a text message than it would be. You couldn't say that line face to face and not crack. Because it's just so bad. It's just so bad. And the fact I think that that was, that was the point. <laughs> like. And then they make out after that. Like, there's, it makes no sense. Like, there's, it makes no sense for Padme to fall in love with Anakin. 
And especially because when she met him, he was like six. He was like a little kid. So it's he like, was like a little kid. So it's really weird to like see Anakin like suddenly like look older than her, and then it's like there's this like weird pedophile aspect to their whole relationship. I did hear a really weird theory on the internet that Ray was um, Ben Kenobi's. I think they said it, she was his daughter because he had hooked up with Leia and they were citing this like age difference between Padme and Anakin as like a, it's, as a, this as would a be precedent. A <laughs> yeah, this has happened before in the Star Wars universe. And it was just a love child that was like hidden in a closet or something. Yeah, and you're like, to the this person had said it on the, in one of the reviews on the internet and it's like, I wonder if you have other thoughts and if you should have yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's certainly odd. Um, yeah, I I mean, you, you I I really hope they end up making a, a an Obi Wan anthology movie, and what he does is that has that been discussed? Yeah, it's rumored. So they announced the Han Solo movie, which is coming out after Episode Eight. So that's in uh in like two and a half years or three years, and they're looking all over Hollywood and basically uh doing a casting call for every white male actor to to cast Han Solo. And then they're doing a Boba Fett movie after that. Um, really? And then the third anthology movie, uh, backstory movie that's being rumored is the Obi-Wan movie with Ewan McGregor returning as Obi-Wan. And I really, really, really hope that happens. Oh, I would be so happy. I'm surprised that they're doing a Boba Fett movie because he always seemed so like, like a... Like a character with a very flat character to me. He served a he obviously served a purpose, but it seems like beyond so, that he didn't have much going on. Like Boba Fett is like built up to be a badass and his armor is so cool. But he goes out like a wimp. Like he just falls into the Sarlacc pit. And that's just yeah. the end of Boba Fett. I mean there's there's a little layer there with the whole I have a son thing, but I mean it's it's, it's a little weird, it's like your son is your clone. It's weird. That whole relationship is weird. Yeah, there's some messed up stuff in the Star Wars universe, which is why we love it. <laughs> oh god, it's it's odd. Um, so for your for your actors, uh, let's do the power rankings for those because uh, I think that's different from favorite characters. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I, I mean, I still have to go with Daisy Ridley. I think she did a good job. A great job pulling out as a new character and sort of making a name and a characterization for herself. Um, again, with Adam Driver following shortly behind. What about you? Uh, I think so. So for me, like Oscar Isaac is just my favorite actor among the group, uh, and that's probably because they've done he's done more things and I've seen him more things. Uh, but the movie just doesn't work if if Poe and Ray fall flat. I think. And really, the, why why Poe? Because because if he's if he's not at least semi charismatic, he's just kind of there, you know, like he's just there and he just like he could if if Poe is not played by a good actor, he could just come off as whiny and annoying a little bit. And he could he could have turned into a Jar Jar, not nece- not necessarily to the ridiculousness and terribleness of Jar Jar, a giant slug, <laughs> but just like being that persistent annoying thing in the corner do you uh, think if he had had less um charisma that finn would have had felt less motivation to yeah co- 
to uh, complete his mission and like, to work. Like, Boyega's charisma is the reason that Finn's defection from the Force Order feels at least semi-believable. Um, and if you don't have that, the story just doesn't make sense. It doesn't start without that. Because uh, he's a catalyst for a lot of the things happening. Because what if, if Poe doesn't escape, like, what happens? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is, is Ray just... Is Ray just stuck with BBA for the end of time? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't have been outrageous, but I like the ending this way better. Um, I love Adam Driver in this movie. He's, he's, uh... It took me a while to realize he was actually in Girls because his character is so different. Uh, he's in, he has this, he has a small bit role in, in, uh, Inside Loon Davis with Oscar Isaac, where him, Oscar Isaac, and Justin Timberlake are singing in a studio, and Justin Timberlake's character like writes this folk song thing. It, it's called a, uh, it's 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 like a wartime protest song, uh, folk song. And Oscar Isaac's character is kind of just doing it for the money. And Adam Driver's character is just like kind of third wheeling it, and he's just making noises, just really absurd noises during the song. And it's just so funny. Uh, so to see that, just like seeing him be this like completely different, ca- it was really weird to see him like completely sh- clean shaven too. Like, he looks a lot younger. Yeah. I think he's going to um, sort of emerge. My prediction would be that he emerges as an actor with a lot of depth and ability to be very versatile in movies. And, and I'm, I think he'll be casting a lot more stuff. Like, I think, I think Driver's probably the best actor of the group. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I think after Star Wars, he's going to have the potential to do the most interesting stuff. Like, I'm afraid that, like, there's already, like, the Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley comparisons coming up with Daisy Ridley just because there's, like, a resemblance there. Uh, and I want, but we, we don't know yet, like, what Daisy Ridley can do as an actor. Because she kind of just played this one, like, she was a total badass the whole movie. And that was just kind of her character. Like, she was an a very lovable, awesome badass, but we haven't really seen the layers to her yet. Uh, yeah, she just reminds me so much of Anakin in like her beginning, her background. Um, I'm, I don't. Are they on Tatooine in the beginning? Or? No, they're in Jack. Jack okay, Who, yeah, is, I didn't yeah. think so, but it's not. It doesn't look. I mean, that's, all that different. It's not. <laughs> it's just. It's similar environment. It's the basically whole, like, tattoo sort of scrapping. Ta- it's Tatooine minus the sun. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think they were on Tatooine, but it reminds me a lot of it. She just like reminds me so much of him without the like being a total dick factor. Um, just being generally annoying and whiny. And the sort of aptitude to fly, and the she's so you know the quick um. What, oh shoot! Just totally lost my train of thought. They both fly very quickly. Is the end of that thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> The one part of the movie that I didn't like, there was the weird scene on Han Solo's freighter where there is that weird slug thing that eats the two gangs. And it oh, just felt yeah. it felt super out of place. Like it just felt I'm really not sure weird. if it was a sort of an homage to like Han's past and Han's character as like a just his occupation in the galaxy or like what they were doing there really like it just didn't really feel like like it it was the part where i felt the movie dragged along the most and you just like didn't really care that much my guess is that it was a plot 
device, like obviously something had to get them from there, like to the next part, next physical location. And they weren't just about to like walk to walk around. And I think that they needed to be like running and struggling. So my guess is that it was just a plot device to move the story to where it needed to go. Where does that make sense? Yeah. Where does this movie rank for you in the star Wars overall movie power rankings? Well, um, if anything I said before was credible, you're probably about to negate that because I have the, I'm a fan of the prequel trilogy. Oh God, no, Ruth! Oh no! <laughs> you knew this. You knew this going in. Um, I'm not. I don't. Hey, get back up! No. Oh God, no. <laughs> I don't love all of it clearly, but I don't hate it as much as most people hate it. Um, I don't know where it would rank. Um, probably pretty high up there just because I like the cast of characters and I think they set up the next one really nicely. I think the next one's going to be my, one of my favorites because they don't, won't have to spend I, I all this time. A lot of it was exposition. Yes. This will be set up and they can jump right into fast plot. So for me it goes Empire Strikes Back is one of my favorite movies ever, like beyond just Star Wars. Uh, Cause it's just so dark and there's so many interesting things and variables that are flying in that movie. Uh, then it goes a new hope, which is, I mean, new hope starts kind of slow and then it goes the force awakens. Um, I think what this movie did best, it was the Star Wars movie that I think people were looking for that the prequels just weren't, which was, I mean, the prequels were a lot of politics and people walking around and talking about things and just, like, there wasn't enough going on moving the story forward. Um, and for me, like, the lightsaber fights in the prequels were beautiful, but they, like, didn't really serve that much of a purpose other than the one against, uh, other than the Obi-Wan Anakin one. Uh, like, this movie, you saw Kylo, Kylo and Rey fighting off, and there was this like raw emotional energy, and there was a purpose behind both of them fighting. And it, that was, it. It was one of my favorite lightsaber duels of the whole of the whole movie series. The prequel trilogy really fails to move. Um, it doesn't. It f- it just kind of fails in general. <laughs> <laughs> it well, it it fails to cover. Um, sort of time better they it's they're focusing on sort of trivial after seeing the original ones and then you watch the prequel and you're like oh we're focusing on like a trade restriction on naboo like what is this what is going on honestly i honestly we went from the like destruction of the galaxy to to like trade trade regulations and the politics of like of just crossing and you're like i'm I'm not sure what's going on. And We've why regressed. Should, why should I? Why should I care about this? Like, there's no reason to care. Like, I don't. I didn't understand what the Trade Federation was until I watched it like three years ago, because I just didn't understand the politics of it. The one thing, though, that I do think the prequel trilogy managed to do, and I don't know if this is necessarily like something that they did well on purpose, was the new the for a Force Awakens um, was lo- really looked like a modern movie. And the older ones look old. And I think that the prequel trilogy, despite having been made after the original trilogy, also looks kind of old. Like, it doesn't look too different. There's in... so much CGI. Like It doesn't look too all... different to me. So, But this one really did look look different. And maybe I've just started going to more movies since the last ones came out. <laughs> like, 
I I just really appreciated that JJ JJ Abrams created all these sets and they felt tangible. Like you felt like you could touch them, and you can tell for a lot of the prequel trilogy. Well, I could because I saw it in three D. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but you could tell with the you could tell with the prequel trilogy that they were just walking in a big green screen room, and that kind of like yeah. it took away the magic of Star Wars, uh, and I think. The thing that makes start the original trilogy so wonderful and magical is the fact that despite everything looking crazy, like it looks so real. Like you, f- like the cantina scene, all of the creatures in the cantina look real. Yeah, and also, I think that um, the original trilogy and even so far this trilogy have really like it's a struggle between evil things and dark things and like the human spirit basically and it's just the tenacity of the human spirit and people willing to go far to protect things and people they love and in the prequel trilogy you can't really i mean you can identify what's supposed to be the light side but like you hate anakin so you can't you're not really pulling for him you know there's there's no hero because you're not pulling for him you're like i don't I hate really this care kid. what happens I wanna, to you. I want to punch this kid in the face. Like, I mean, I mean, I like him in Phantom Menace because he's a this cute little oh kid. Oh god, so. no. Uh, like the thing with so I feel bad for hating Christensen because he's gonna get endless crap about this until the day he dies. But he's not a bad actor. Like I've seen, I've seen movies where he's been a good actor. Like it has happened before. It is possible. Well, I mean, hating. he didn't write the character, but he also acted it poorly. Did he though? Like, I mean, the the Padme scenes, yes, but like, he was he definitely achieved the "can you be a dick" thing. Like, <laughs> like your your character is supposed to be moody and angry and just like doesn't do what he's told. Can you achieve that? He and just, I think like, he achieved that. <laughs> like he like if you watch Attack of the Clones again, he like looks at Padme like he like wants to like m- like like kill her sometimes like it kind of looks like he wants to kill her yeah i would concede that yeah i mean i think it comes from when he meets her initially but the whole attack of the clones you just can't you keep waiting for there to be like a a main plot to happen you're like oh okay we're just gonna we're just gonna play bodyguard for the whole movie (laughs) Because that's essentially what his role is in that movie is there's like we're just gonna keep her safe. Attack of the Clones is such a terrible it's my least favorite Star Wars it's it's one of my least favorite movies, period. Like Attack of the Clones is so useless and there's just nothing that happens. Like nothing of consequence happens other than like the Clone War starting and pa- Does anyone die? I don't Does anybody die? Because the redeeming quality of the Phantom Menace is like the end fight scene with Qui Gon. To me, is the re- is and also they obviously they find Anakin and they're testing him for the midi chlorians and all that. But oh, stupid midi chlorians! I hate <laughs> midi chlorians. It's like it's you're like... not gonna hate it when they find them in Ray. Oh God! Because that's what's gonna that's it's clearly I don't want to say genetic, but it's clearly a uh, a birth. It's I hate clearly something you're born with. I hate midi chlorians. They were in Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Attack of the Clones was just like one of the worst movies I've ever watched. But I very much liked The Force Awakens, and I'm very much excited for Rogue One to come out next year, which is the the, the new Star Wars heist movie about how the uh, the Rebels get the Death Star plans. 
and that's starting Felicity Jones. And so it should be exciting and enough of a holdover until a year and a half from now when episode number eight comes out, which I anticipate being, I think, as the highest ceiling of the of the new trilogy. The um, peak. It is going to be the peak, like Empire Strikes Back. And Ryan Johnson is an excellent director. He's a super creative director uh, and directed the best episode of Breaking Bad. And I feel like that's enough of a... It's enough of a. It's enough of a foundation. It's enough of a resume. <laughs> it's enough of a foundation for me to be confident in it. Uh, so I'm super excited for that. Uh, let us know your thoughts about Star Wars: The Force Awakens on Twitter or email or whatever forum you'd like to to communicate with us. Uh, Ruthie, thanks for coming on. You can uh, follow Ruthie on Twitter at super double underscore Ruth. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at I am June Lee. Uh, you will be more satisfied with his Twitter than you will be with mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can you can email the show at doingitforbartello at gmail dot com. Um, make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and make sure to leave us a rating as well because it really does help us out uh, in getting the show out to more people. Uh, there should be some exciting news hopefully coming and developing with with the show and and getting a uh, home for it other than Twitter. Uh, yeah, so, just as an outsider perspective, who is a listener normally on this show and not a contributor, um, you should go listen to the rest of the episodes. June's got some pretty, uh, pretty well, cool you. contributors uh, that come on and talk about mostly sports and various other pop culture things. So stay tuned for that. Next week, we have uh, Dave King, who was a writer for Parks and Recreation. So we talked about Parks and Recreation a lot. Uh, and so that's the episode next week. And we talk about, uh, fire Joe Morgan as well, which was the, the baseball blog that him and Michael Schur and Alan Yang also wrote on all brilliant TV writers. Uh, so that's coming next week. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.